0: to the right. Mariota drops, steps up, he can run a long way. 15-20, 25-30, 35-40, 45 50 45-40, 35-30, 25-20, 15, 10, 5, and so! 87 yards!
1: Touchdown,
0: Titans. Titan! Do the Titans have a miracle left in them? In what has been a magical season to this point, if they do, they need it now. Christie kicks it high and short. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. pitches it. it back to Check. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's 40, got it. He's got it. 20, 10, He's got five, it. It's Touchdown, tight. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle miracle!
2: Hello one and all, and welcome to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Uh, you'll notice this week that it's a little bit more of a Northwest version of the podcast. We've uh, let the two Southerners have some time off, so the Northwest are taking over. Um, You'll tell by my voice, it's the slightly scouse version. It is uh, myself, Miles, and I'm joined by up into North first. We've got Neil. How are we doing?
0: <laughs> Evening, guys. Pretty uh, chilled weekend, actually.
2: Not uh, not much going off. Awesome. <laughs> Brian is also here. How are you doing, Brian? Yeah, spot on. How are you? I'm doing good. It's number one seed, isn't it? It's, uh, everything's good up until Saturday, and then we'll see how it goes. And uh, finally, we are joined with... Uh, the superstar handsome man himself Mr Harry.
3: Thank you I mean I, I could really deal with those kind of introductions when I walk into work every morning but uh you know I'll have to find another hype man for there but yeah nice to nice to be on the pod again and uh, be chatting some Titans football which is after not a game which is really weird to do.
2: Excellent yeah so uh obviously just like the uh Colts fans we are. Uh, enjoyed a, a weekend free of football obviously they might feel a bit more bitter about uh, having uh mentioned the Jags loss already have we uh we'll keep on talking about the uh, old season long I imagine but let's talk about the number one seed the Tennessee Titans so we didn't know who we were going to be facing going into Saturday there are a couple of options but uh, we now know it's going to be the uh, Cincinnati Bengals um they got their first playoff win since 1990 I'm not saying that it's a young podcast this week, but I wasn't born when that happened. Um, Neil, what are your thoughts on getting the Bengals? I think we sort of half-predicted it was going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought, to be honest, I don't think there were any way Pittsburgh were ever going to beat Kansas City. As much as the, the defence started quite well, they were never going to win that game. So, I think we're all pretty much prepared to, to play Cincy. I mean, they're a dangerous team. They've got a good quarterback and a, a superstar wide receiver, and that combo can can take you very far. But I think, man for man, we're we, we're we're stronger than them. Uh, obviously, nothing's ever simple with with the Titans. Um, we kind of, regardless of what opponent we're playing, we seem to always play a close, and be the game seems to always be in the balance late in the fourth quarter. And I, I honestly, I don't expect that to be any different.
2: No, I completely agree. I think uh, I'll get Greg's opinion out of the way, which I'm pretty sure he's more concerned about the Titans than whatever team we play. He thinks if anyone's going to beat us, it's going to be the Titans, not the Bengals. Um, so that's his opinion, but we're not shocked by that, are we? Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts about uh, the Bengals? Do we think, obviously, as uh, Neil's mentioned, um Chase and Burrow are looking like they could be a big threat in this league for a, quite a long way to come, but do you think we've got enough to sort of, I dare say keep up with them, but uh, hold them at bay?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I said, I think I said earlier, I think the best version of us beats the best version of them, nine times out of ten. They've got they've got a lot of pieces in that team that I really, really like. Uh, obviously, Burrow, we, we know what he's like. Um, but I think I think is Joe Mixon still still available? If he's is? I think he's a hell of a running back, and they've got like obviously Jamar Chase is a freak, and T Higgins. I think mean, they've got they've got some good players all over, but they might be missing a couple couple of stars off the defensive line, which is huge for us. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going with Neil. I think we're going to run it close because that's just what we do. But I think we should have just enough for them.
2: Yeah, Harry, as uh, it was mentioned then by Brian, there's potential that they're missing Hendrickson, who's had an unbelievable season for them after they picked them up, I think, from the Saints and paid them a a shed of money, and hopefully the Kings back this week. Um, Do you think that's where it could be one of the big sort of matchups where we've sort of caught them at the right time, where they're a little bit wounded on that line?
3: Yeah, I think, obviously, the the departures or the injuries on the defensive line are, are a bit of an issue, but I mean, if there's one team that we can take from that kind of can deal with injuries fairly well, it would be us. And uh, and even if, you know, we should know ourselves that if we can deal with it, pretty much every other team can. Because at some point we're rolling out players from the street. So all it takes is one big player who we've never heard of to have a great game like Adonai did for us um, earlier on in the season. And, and it could be a different game. And playing devil's advocate, obviously Henry coming off an in injury. Um, who knows whether he'll be the same Derek Henry that he was in the first half of the season? It might just take him a little while to, to get going, and and if he does, and we try and stick with him rather than try and you know change it over to a hot hand of Foreman or or somebody else, and it, it could be a little bit of a tastier game in the, in the run game. But you know, two two main players. Off of their front seven is a huge advantage for us, especially when we look to dominate time of possession and that play action is is so important for us. And obviously the run game that goes alongside that. So, yeah, all signs are, are pointing good for the Titans. But yeah, I think there's a there's slight bit of nerves creeping in already on a Tuesday evening here in the UK. Um, and we're still, what, four days away from the game, five days away from the game. So, yeah, it's it's nervy already.
2: I just about to say we've we've got what three or four sleeps to go where we can constantly change our mind about how we feel about the game. Um before we start this podcast, Neil, you mentioned uh, a word of fear potentially with this matchup. And uh I think now's the time to sort of maybe get it off your chest and hopefully can make you feel a bit better about it. What's
0: what's the concern? Yeah, I think it stems from being a Titans fan for so long. Uh been a Titans fan since since mid to late nineties. Um when they move from Houston to Tennessee, so and and in that time, whenever we've been highly seeded or hyped or expe- or there's a, a level of expectancy, we've we've always sort of, for the want of a better term, sorry, Adam, sh- the bed. Um, <laughs> so and, and and the best times playoff runs in my time being a fan is when there's been no expectancy uh, and when we when we have been sort of the scrappy underdog. Um, and actually, pr- what sort of prove people wrong, which I suppose to a certain extent we've got to do this time because we haven't got the the credit or the the kudos that a normal number one seed would have. But I, I don't know. I've just I can see all these scenarios in my head, and I can see our timeline on Saturday night after we uh, we're one and done as a number one seed, and uh, and thinking about it just brings me great anxiety. Uh, and I don't think it's any more than that. It's not a rational thought on the standard of the two teams. I think it's more just a. Uh, <laughs> uh, that sort Titans type of thing.
2: <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's the most predictable thing that the Titans could do. I mean, Brian, if you had the option, would you rather it be the situation it is where no one's talking about the Titans whatsoever? Or would you rather it be as if we were like the Chiefs where everyone's talking about us and you've got all that pressure? What Do you actually think is the best situation going into the game?
1: For, for us, without a doubt... I think it's time proven that we are better going under the radar. You know, we we asked for the it happened a couple of times in in the last couple of seasons. We've asked for the hype, we've asked for the we've asked for the credit we deserve, and then we absolutely then, as Neil said, um, and it's happened on more than one occasion. And I think when we play with a chip on our shoulder, we're a much better team. To be honest,
2: no, I agree, Harry. Um, I'm assuming you're probably gonna be of the similar mindset. I mean going into the game where you're expecting to win almost almost uh, setting yourself up to fail. I feel like, I don't know, both teams to me almost seem like one's under the radar and that people think were the worst number one seed that has been. But also with the Bengals, it's like they've only just had their first playoff win. And is there just as much pressure on them to think everyone's saying now that they've, they've got over that hump that really is their team sort of at that point where they should be progressing?
3: Yeah, I'd almost say that that... Um momentum should carry them through a little bit better it almost feels to me as if that monkey's off their back from now on they're playing with house money whereas for us it it does feel like there's that expectation but I think one thing that we've seen from Rabel throughout his couple of years really coaching and and, you know being a lot better now than I think he was when he first joined us as a head coach and something that we've all acknowledged that he has got better as as a coach for us is that he knows what the expectation is and he he really does deliver on that a lot of the time and make sure the players don't get overweighted by that. I mean, he's been in this position as a player before, you know, going into Super Bowl runs and and knowing that he's a, a key part of that. Um, we've, you know, we've had Derek Henry, who's been a key part of our, our offense for a while. AJ Brown, who's had to make some huge plays. Even Hulo, Julio Jones, who's, you know, been to the big dance before and knows what it's like to to lose, um, in you know, real soul destroy, destroying fashion. So there's players there that will have their own storylines. And unlike a Tom Brady, nobody believes in this wow, wow, wow kind of thing. It's going to be more of a, you know, let's go out and prove something and and, and go for it. And I I think out of all the years that I've supported the Titans, this has to be our our best opportunity for a Super Bowl. And I think that's what will make it so stressful and nervous, this this playoff series, because other years, you know, against Kansas or against, you know, even the Patriots, you know, we've always thought, ah, if we win, it'll be nice. But if it doesn't happen, it's kind of, at least we have had a good run. And this time it just feels like, yeah, there's that expectation and that stress, which isn't really accustomed to any of us, either as Titans fans or as football fans, you know, soccer fans. So,
2: yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And you Neil, know, talking about Vrabel, a lot of the experience that he has as a player and even what he's built up as a coach, I think we all agree that we probably have much more experienced players on our team than the Bengals do for more recent pain, shall we say, from even the past couple of years that they can dwell on. But even with Vrabel himself, the talk of, I don't like to sort of get too involved with these sort of markets, but they're talking about coach of the year in the NFL, and at the moment he's a heavy favourite. Do you see there being anyone else in the league that's even close to winning a title? Do you think Vrabel's done so? I mean, what is it, 91, 92 players we've had this year that have played for us or something like that, and he's managed to galvanise them? Surely he's got to be the the number one guy for
0: that. Yeah, you'd expect so. Right? And, and that's obviously, if, if whatever happens Saturday, win, lose oh well we can't draw so whatever happens saturday, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll have a replay the next week at a different ground <laughs> yeah Hillsborough. <laughs> whatever whatever happens saturday um if that don't have any bearing on it then it's it's got to be a shoo-in for me uh simply because not only have we we lost pit park players or back in the roster guys we've lost the stars you know, AJ Brown that started as many games as you would like. Oolio's missed multiple games. Derek Henry, I mean, he's probably going to play Saturday, but there's a question mark over whether he'll be who he is. Uh, and to sustain losing those types of players and get a first-round bye in the playoffs when there's only one first-round bye available, I think it's absolutely a shoe in for that. Um, and I think... Going back to what Harry said about uh, Kansas City, FC title game a couple of years ago, I think if this Mike Vrabel were coaching Tennessee on that day, we would have won that game. I think other than the the bad tackling on that, and the home run, and a, and a couple of poor coaching decisions, that game were closer than it looked in the end, and uh, I came away frustrated. I think uh, it's a good like sort of marker. The playoffs will be a good marker of how far he's come along as a coach. And I think it's it's leaps and bounds to be honest. And this is a podcast that has been critical of him in the past.
2: No, I agree. And I think one thing we we all know that we were extra critical on last year, which I mean, in their own right, they half deserved. Um, was the defense, and that we we just didn't have the ability to stop a third down, even if you paid us millions to make the stop. It wasn't. It just couldn't happen this year completely different situation where we've had to rely on that defence a couple of times We're looking at the Rams game and other games where they've shut things out and it's just it's it's been such a huge difference from last year. And Brian, other than the argument of maybe an extra year of um some experience on some players and different form of coaching, do you do you put it down to the coaching or the players that there's been such a difference for the defense this year? Uh well
1: first off you're gonna have to say it is a personal problem because well, it was a personal problem because they basically blew the lot up, didn't they? And, uh, I know we've had our problems with Jack Rabbit or Janoris, uh, who's incidentally become a major Jackrabbit in the last couple of weeks. But um, mm. well, Fulton being back healthy was massive. I know he's missed a few games here and there, but um, you know we've fired back to his best. It's got to be down to coaching as well. So it's it's kind of it's a bit of both. I, think I I'm not sure, kind of what Jeff Schwartz's input's been, but it, it must be, it must be something because it's it's completely different. It's, everything's completely different, but I think it's a combination of the two.
2: No, I agree, and hopefully going into the uh, the Bengals game, they can continue to get some pressure. Which I think watching the Raiders game that they they shown a bit of pressure of Crosby getting towards Borough, but. He got far too much time realistically in the pocket. So I think we're going to be expecting Simmons, Dupree and others to really try and get in the face of the uh, the quarterback. So he doesn't have this time to get the deep ball down to uh, chasing. and hopefully we can dictate the play a lot more. Um, one thing I wanted to go around and ask him so we could have a number so we can look back at it next week. Uh, Derek Henry, uh, Harry, how many yards is he going to have in total against the Bengals? The Receiving think- and rushing.
3: I think we'll be surprised to be honest. I think it'll be lower than, than you think. I'd I, I say, like, let's go 78, something, something like that. I think he'll be put in a bit more of a rotation than he was in previous weeks. Um, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's like 257 touchdowns and just an absolute barnstormer. But no, I think about 78, I think Foreman will get more touches than, than we expect.
0: Neil, what are you thinking? I agree with Harry. Um, ideally, you manage the game well enough to not have to lean on him, um, and that—that's obviously a best case scenario and the scenario we all want to see. So I'm gonna go for like maybe it's 80 combo yards and a goal line score. Ken okay, Brian
1: Yeah, again, I'm agreeing with the other guys. He's—he's not—he's not going to be 100. percent I think the guys who have been in have deputy-deputized quite well. I'm going to go actually short. I think he's going to go for about. 60. I think he's going to be on a stop count, to be honest, and I think we're probably going to see a lot of a lot of foreman again. Which what he is deserved,
2: work, by the yeah. way. Oh, well, I, I think I do expect to see um, more foreman going forwards, just because it, it, it's going to be that sort of punch that we have, and then we have Hilliard to come in, and I think on third-down plays, we've mentioned before how huge he's been for the past uh, few weeks, and I'm hopefully close, uh, hoping a bit closer to 100 yards, but I think we all agree it's probably going to be on a bit of a snap count and a rotational um, purpose. So with that in mind then, Harry, how do the Titans win on Saturday?
3: I think it comes down to defence bowling, um, containing Burrow in the pocket. We always have a bit of an issue with mobile quarterbacks and Burrow's sneaky athletic. So if we manage to keep him in the, in the pocket, that's better for us. Um, that comes from Landry and, and Bud Dupree, um, Simmons you know, Autry, all, all playing a great game. Um, I think, you know, realistically, just playing mistake free football um, Greg said it best where, you know, the only team that can really beat the Titans is the Titans and if we, if we don't um, make stupid mistakes then, you know, I don't see why why we can't do it, you know, keep Tanner Hill comfortable with play action early and, um, yeah, let the run, run game really dictate. So, good time of possession, mistake-free football and keeping Borrow in the pocket would be my three keys to the game.
2: Neil, yeah, what about yourself? Are you thinking along the same lines or is there any uh, sort of particular areas of the game that you think we really need to um, sort of make sure we have the uh, upper hand on?
0: I think we need to get Julio involved. Um, I think the touchdown was a clear indicator from from down into like, look, we're looking to get you involved and we're looking to make you a big part of this offence. And I, I think that's a, a key to the game is how many targets we can get to, to AJ and Julio to sort of Keep their defense honest for the run game. Um, I think we just we, we need to not more deep shots as such, but just and not force targets either to those two. But I just think that the he needs to be more involved. He needs to be a bigger part and a bigger factor, which will then open things up for the rest of the offense. Hopefully.
2: Yeah, completely. I, there's nothing I'd love to see more than Julio take over the playoffs. Having had such a quiet season, to so really sort of justify that price tag at the start. and Well, not even so much the price tag, but just sort of showing the initiative to think, about right, we're going to bring in this sort of experienced player. This is the exact time where I need to step up and show that experience. Uh, Brian, is there anything else that you're sort of thinking of that is a sort of real key to how we'll get the win or how do you think we're going to go about uh, moving on to the next round?
1: Yeah, um, I actually disagree with Neil to an extent there. Uh, I, I understand the... the the problems that Julio causes in the team, I think that's. I think we we need to feed AJ personally because the way he balled out in the second half of uh, which game, was it the Texans game? He just uh, absolutely. Sam it was no, the San Sorry, yeah. He absolutely caught fire in the second half, and I just thought, you know, this is the AJ we. This is when our offense is at his best when AJ's on that kind of form. You know, don't don't be wrong. Julio's there on the other side if you need him. And he and he will be there to make a big catch if you need him to. But for me, the offence runs through Julio uh, through AJ Sorry and obviously let's just get Derek involved. I think they're gonna they're gonna score on us. We're gonna we we're gonna get our own as well. I think putting pressure on the quarterback will be big. I think we will get pressure. We always seem with well, our front fours insane, like you know, the big four. It's they're insane at the minute. And uh yeah, just I think Harry was right. Keep him in the pocket. We don't want to be letting him use his legs and spreading the play out. I
0: think, no, I agree, yeah. and I think gone, go Sorry, I think uh, one thing that some uh, you can take from that Raiders Bengals game. I don't think Raiders have got the personnel to rush for like we have. I mean, we can rush for and get pressure and, and leave everybody else on the back end, which is obviously a big help against Chase. I don't think Red. I don't think the Raiders have got the personnel. Or the or the quality to do that, so we we don't know how Kansas, uh, sorry, I uh, Cincinnati are going to cope with that. Yeah,
2: when I was I was watching the uh, Bengals game closely, and a couple of things I did take from it was the Raiders were bringing basically just pressure from Max Crosby on one side, and he was still. Don't get me wrong, he's had a stellar season and he's a good player, but he was causing them issues, and that's just on one side of the line where we know we can bring it interior from Simmons, and then you've still got Dupree and um, uh, name who's suddenly escaped my mind. Um, oh. That's the one. I had Harold, and I thought Harold doesn't sound right, but Harold was right. We know we can get Last pressure names. from all over that line. And, <laughs> and um, the other thing I took from it was that Josh Jacobs. Don't get me wrong. Again, half, half decent player, but the line at Oakland sucks, and he still managed to get a hundred yards on the Bengals. And you know we've got the potential. Even if Henry doesn't have a big game, listen, Foreman. And Hilliard, between them, have been doing perfectly fine against much, much better defences. So the one thing I really want to see from this game is actually a big improvement on special teams. I think that when it comes to playoff football time, and any Patriots fans will tell you, a lot of the time that's where some of the wins and losses are made when it comes down to strong field positions, making sure we're putting them on the back foot. Obviously, we know Kern's going to do Kern's things but it's more when we're getting the ball, Chester Rogers, we need to be seeing more security with that ball. And even if he's not making, and listen, if he gets a kickoff return straight away, I'm sure we'll all feel great about it. But realistically, I just want to be see a bit of a surety with the ball when he's got it and not looking like he's going to make a mistake every single time. And hopefully that's the sort of thing that will sort of pick up for the playoffs and we don't have to sort of nitpick on it. And hopefully we don't have to mention Randy's name at all. And he just does what he uh, normally does do. Um, Quick move away from the game on Saturday. Obviously, we are kicking off at half nine on Saturday. Um, The other games that we do have that happen, so uh, San Francisco are playing Green Bay, which I feel could actually come down to being quite an interesting game just because of the conditions and the 49ers being a good running team. Obviously, a bit more closer to home, there's a great game where the Bills are playing, Kansas. Um, Not that we want to get too far ahead of ourselves and then I can see Greg typing steady in the chat right now but if we were uh if we were obviously when we beat the Bengals on Saturday uh Neil who would you rather come up against looking at two teams I mean the Bells just completely demolished a playoff Patriots team let's not forget I know it's the Patriots but playoff Patriots are almost a different gravy and then but then Kansas equally have just sort of done the same to the Steelers Who would you rather be coming up against if you had
0: the opportunity to choose one or the other? So, if we beat Cincinnati. (laughs) We'll continue Uh, with when, but go on. I mean, to be honest, I think I'm probably going to go Buffalo because I think think their ceiling is so low at times. I think Kansas City had a ropey start at season, but they still managed to keep a, a middling record, which allowed them to then go on a run and... And nearly nearly claimed the number one seed. But I think they're I think Kansas City are a massive moments team. I think they get the, the sort of it's really an English term, but the stickiness or the jamminess in games. Uh and I I think there's just they've just got that about them, that sort of magic, if you so so to speak. Uh and that they're the type of teams I fear. I think fundamentally against Buffalo, uh sort of if you put a helmet on a helmet us against them, I think we can beat them. Whereas I think Kansas City Oh, they've just got this this sort of special sauce which scares me. I don't know if it's down
2: to the fact they've just been in the Super Bowl the past couple of years. It's like I know, I know, I know they're good and all that good, um, but to me it's just I don't know. Buffalo's shown something, and Josh Allen just looked—there we say—different gravy. He just looked unstoppable. He was—he looked like he was like six foot tall, and he was just. Um, but Brian, who would you rather come up against?
1: I mean, let's be honest, both both are really tough games. But, yeah, I agree with Neil. Something about Kansas City, man, they're just... That Mahomes, right? We, we 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 can slag him all we want. He is special, and he? he is. He really is. And when I said, we were watching the Steelers game the other day, and I said, they'll go straight down the field here and score, won't they? When they looked like, didn't look like touching anything. And straight away... Did it, then did it again, then did it again, then four, you know, it's game over. And I just, I agree with Neil on there's a, there's a ceiling at Buffalo. Yes, they're incredible against the Patriots. I, I think the Patriots was massively overrated, to be honest, this year. But you've got the Buffalo who played Jacksonville as well. That's still in there. You don't get out from Kansas, apart from when the player does.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say for you, Harry, before I ask you your opinion obviously we we've we've come on top of both of them and how much of a factor could that be going into the game but obviously again who would you rather be coming up against
3: yeah i think playoff football's completely different in a way um you're getting the best on the best and teams definitely sort of Are able to just focus on that that game not saying that any team ever looks ahead but you know that it's a winning in or or you lose in your home and you're watching the super bowl from your couch um but i i prefer buffalo i agree with the two you know two lads that have already said um for me i think alan always has that possibility to make a mistake um and i think mahomes is is or tends to be um more just you know you're gonna get at least a seven out of ten performance from him Whereas Alan, some days he absolutely he has a shocker and you think, geez, I think I, you know, I don't think I could do better. But I certainly think maybe, you know, Logan Woodside could. Um, but yeah, so, uh, <laughs> Logan Woodside catching stray bullets there. Um, but yeah, so I just think for me personally, I, I prefer to play Buffalo. Um, but yeah, like, like Brian said, both teams are going to be a difficult one when we come against uh, one of them.
2: Thank you very much for the win. Uh, to me, it's the battle of the bitching quarterbacks because I have a hatred for both of them, and that when they get touched, they go down and whine to the referees. And that's a real big issue that I've noticed this season. I didn't notice as much with Mahomes, but God, Josh Allen can't kind of whine when he gets a little bit. Like you built like a brick house, and then you get tapped on their shoulder or something. And he's there. Uh, if I had it my way, both quarterbacks would get taken out of the game for their whining, and then we'll see the backups uh, take over, which Might make it more of an interesting game. Um, You said that no teams like to look ahead too much, but because I'm hosting the podcast, I love to look ahead too much. Um, When it comes to the Super Bowl, based on, I think a lot of us had a lot of time to watch some of the playoff football at the weekend. Um, Neil, do I dare say that there's any other team than Green Bay that we think are going to get to the Super Bowl from the NFC? No.
0: No. I don't think so, uh, and nothing, nothing I saw from the Rams last night would suggest that either. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's Green Bay still lose on that side, to be honest. Um, I think San Fran's a tough game for him, uh, but they might have just lost Bowser. Yeah, and that and on Fred Warner got us massive. On. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Fred Warner has been saying he may play, but that's obviously up in there. air. Uh, but I think. That home advantage in that weather is is just massive as well. Yeah, Brian, uh, I think you managed to watch a decent
2: amount of games as well. Obviously, we didn't see anything from Green Bay, but we all know it'll end up being snowy conditions or whatever, another tundra for them. But can you see can you see anyone getting getting there other than Rogers?
1: Nope. Not at all. No, I don't see. I don't see the 49ers causing them any problems at all. I don't see the Rams causing them any problems. And to be honest, I hope one of them do because when we get to the Super Bowl, they're the team I do not want to face.
2: The one thing I did think about is the conditions, obviously, uh, for the Super Bowl might not be to Green Bay's. Imagine uh, it might be a little bit too warm from uh, there's me clinging on to uh, anything that I can. Harry, you're going to tell me now there's going to be a different team. Is it going to be Brady in the final?
3: no I don't I don't think Tampa's getting there but I, I do think the Rams actually have a half decent chance um they're a different team to what we faced earlier in the season with von Miller and, and obj there as well um and they just caught sort of enable mismatches that are quite hard for a de- defense to go against and, and obviously they've got probably the best defensive tackle of all time um I don't think that's ridiculous to say at this point um in our, our oh, yeah, Simmons is going to be in that conversation in a few years' time and I'm excited for it. But um, Yeah, you know, I think if it's going to be one of either Green Bay or the Rams and I would be massively, massively shocked if that's not the NFC Championship game going into next week.
2: Excellent. Right, so obviously we've got that out of the way. It's obviously a Tennessee Titans podcast. So um, what I will do is uh, I'll mention our very own uh, Greg is actually going to be I think he's flying Friday. I believe he's over going over to America, but then he's heading over to Nashville for some other time. So anyone out there who wants to uh, see him or Yessie, make sure you uh, give him a wave. I'm sure he'll buy you a beer or exchange COVID-friendly hugs or whatever you can. But make sure to get out there and give him a shout because we love to hear uh, we love to hear all the love from uh, not just the UK but from America. So uh, if you see him, you can't miss him. He's a big lad. Um, so be sure to uh, give him the hello when you see him. Um, I'll do the dreaded score prediction for the game on Saturday. Start with you, Neil? What what if you were going to give it a give it a score? Uh, I'm going to go 21-17 Titans. Okay, that's one win, Brian.
1: I'm going at
3: 26-17 the Titans.
2: Two and zero, Harry. No pressure whatsoever.
3: Tell you what, we've all been really like agreeable on this podcast. It's lovely to see. It's a big change. Um, I'll go for thirty-one to ten. Big blowout. I think maybe we get ahead early, and then and then I hope for the best. And then our heart rate can go down for the second half, unless we, you know, do the same as what we did in week eighteen.
2: I I just don't think they'll let that happen. I think they've had two weeks of being battered around the training field for everything that happened in that Houston game which they thoroughly deserve by the way Um, was there anything else that anyone wanted to uh, mention this week is there anything that they've seen on wonderful Titans Twitter I mean the one thing I was gonna mention which um, I think is it Casey's been announced um, pre-game which I'm sure will be great to see and I'm gonna be uh, wearing my jersey for sure Um, but was there anything else that anyone else wanted to uh, bring up or mention
3: uh, yeah, I just want to say how helpful everyone was with Greg finding out what time the game was. Um, obviously, that was a bit of a stressful situation for everyone. Um, but you know, obviously, Titans Twitter managing to rally around that um, and and finding out that it was the 4:30 um, kickoff on the Saturday um, was was a huge help because I know we couldn't find it anywhere. So that was that was really good. It was 1:30 yeah. California.
0: I just want to say big ups to the uh, Nickelodeon coverage. I thought it was excellent. I'll be honest, uh, a lot, I, I, a lot of people, a lot of people thought it was stupid, and a lot of anti-NFL people jump all over it as if for oh, comedy sport and all this. But I honestly thought it, it was great. I mean, I, 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 mean, I've got a nine-year-old son who couldn't care less about American football, and I showed him it, and he was like engaged. So if a Titans game were to be covered by Nickelodeon, I, I'd sure would love to watch it. I mean, uh, Nate
2: Bellison's involved in that, isn't he? And, uh, I mean, I've always been a big fan of the way he commented. I, I did enjoy the, uh, I think it was the Cowboys game, where they said even Patrick's booing the Cowboys when they went for a field goal to come through. <laughs> and, uh, listen, any moment where you're watching NFL players get slimed on TV, uh, I mean, that's just what makes the sport better. That's what we need. Slime makes everything better uh, in the grand scheme of things. But, no, I agree. I think next season going forward, they need to add more... Uh, more games where you have the opportunity to actually watch it because I think. Did he only do it? Is it once a week or is it even just highlights? I,
0: I don't know. I, I've i only heard of it, I've never actually watched a game of it. I, I think that was the first live game. I think they did the same last season, just playoffs. So I don't oh, know. right, what okay. They do, week, do weekly over there. But um, like well, I, say, I, I should kind of like... share the the slime monster. Well,
2: that's I think next season, if you want to excite games where it's like the Jets I- playing. So if you've got the Jets on in a nothing game, just lob them on with the slime and then it'll at least make it a bit more entertaining. It's like one way of getting more people involved. Um, excellent. Well, as as we continue to mention, the number one seed are going to be playing at half nine uh, PM UK time on Saturday against the Bengals. Uh, the rest of the games, obviously, uh, throughout the game, uh, throughout the uh, weekend, don't have to worry about any Monday night games like we've just had to. Don't get me wrong, guy. A lot of people complained. I think it was one of us complained, saying don't bother with Monday night. I quite enjoyed having an extra day of uh, being able to stay up till four in the morning, uh, watching football and then waking up the next day with no sleep. It was wonderful. Um, I guess we will go to the um, fans' favourite area of uh, non-Titans, which I know prior to this podcast, we were all looking around thinking, all right, well, what what can we talk about? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see the one that I probably think is probably most common to have something to talk about and say, Harry, what have you got for us?
3: Uh, yeah so mine's a, a little bit of a controversial one. Um, obviously we know that I'm expecting a, a baby at this point. Um, really excited for that obviously. Um, but the timing couldn't be much worse for an American football fan. Um, he's on the 26th of February. So Super Bowl's on the 13th of February. Which means I start my drinks ban early February. Which means for the first time ever watching the Super Bowl I will have no drink, no Super Bowl party. Nothing, And if this is the one that the Titans win, I will be part elated, part fuming that I've not been at like some big Super Bowl do or something like that. Um, But obviously super excited for for the boy to be here. But um,
2: (laughs) But obviously uh, the Super Bowl
3: has slightly tinged um, what otherwise would have been a magical journey. Um, But no, really partly, you know, my fault, partly NFL's fault, um, you know, work out what you want to do NFL, maybe don't put week 18 in, um, you know, selfish on his behalf or their behalf, but, um, yeah, no, buzzing buzzing for what the next couple of months has installed both for Titans wise and, and for personal wise, but that's kind of mine. It was a small gripe of when I started to do the maths that I wouldn't be able to enjoy the super bowl with a big party, but better things are because of it. So can't be too grumpy really.
2: I'm really enjoying the fact that you're only saying it's 50% your fault about the timing of when the baby's going to happen and 50% the NFL. I mean, it's 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 a it's a fair 50/50 split I guess. It's 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 no one needs week a team and Ari's having a kid. That's just not fair.
3: No. No, and the worst thing would be is if obviously, you know, early labor and Super Bowl's going on, it's going to be a hard decision to make as to what to do especially if we're, you know, up a couple of scores and, and, you know, it might be, might be historical, but yeah, bah, we'll see. No, I am joking, by the way, I'll be driving straight away. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I want to, I want to, I want to get mine out of the way. Cause uh, mine's semi-serious, which I always have my, my, uh, my vents with. Obviously I support uh, Oxford United here in the UK and there was, um, we got beat at the weekend and there was some controversy about our, uh, you never like to hear it where your own fans are the ones causing trouble. And like it's really difficult some people seem to turn a blind eye and just pretend there's nothing when you're on team but um a few people in the crowd got um in trouble for use of homophobic language towards uh, a player and people on twitter seem to think that it was a perfectly like it, it's like oh it's just football these things happen sort of thing so i i tried to save myself from not getting destroyed on twitter but in my opinion Homophobic abuse is just as important as all the racial abuse that they're trying to kick out in football at the moment. And uh, to me, it was just... Uh, not that we have many uh, listeners of uh, Oxford United fans on the podcast, but to me, it's, it's just as disgraceful for people to be communicating like that as it is with uh, with racial slurs. So a uh, very disappointing weekend to uh, call myself a fan of the team. Uh, hopefully, there's a lot of uh, changes and a lot of people might get air banned for being able to go to games. where's sort of something where it's, it's one thing trying to support your team, but there's some things you can't support. And I hope all them fans get what's coming to them, which is hopefully a beating and then a banning from the football. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go to Brian, He's going to have a really uplifting non-Titans for us. It's all going to give us a good laugh. Brian, what have you got for us?
1: Right, so there's a few honourable mentions. First off, we got the Cowboys fans for being douchebags throwing the, throwing stuff at their own players. Um, fair player to Demarcus Lawrence for batting one of them away like an absolute G. Uh <laughs>
2: secondly,
1: second honourable mentions for Stephen uh Stephen, what's he called?
2: Uh,
1: oh, well, I lost the plot here. Oh Steve, Stephen uh, A.
2: Smith.
1: Yeah, Stephen A. Hall. Yeah, he's still got his <laughs> up on the seventeenth of uh, January, so there's that. But no there's a show in the UK called Talk Sport, or we like to fondly refer to it as Talk. <laughs> and there's a, there's, a, there's a, an ex-footballer called Gabriel or Gabriel Agbonlahor, and he was a very middle of the road footballer, and he's an even worse pundit. And he's he's got a personal vendetta against my club, just purely probably for traction. But some of the stuff he comes out with is absolute. It's it's disgraceful. It's it's actually, I don't know. It's 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 actually really negative against the place and the people from there. And I just, I can't believe it's It's, it's, personal. Out there. it's personal. Yeah, and I, it I, I really let it get to me more than most most of the idiots on there because it's like it came out with one saying people that choose Brentford over Newcastle. And it's not it's not true, is it? But he just come out with just absolute nonsense constantly. And uh yeah, I've I've had to stop myself sending him a few angry tweets. He's just uh I'm sure you can agree with me on it, Neil. He's he's a he's a divvy.
0: I think it's I, I think it's important for us American listeners to know that dark sports probably our first take. Or our, our alternative to first take. Uh, and I think like the likes of Agbon Law and uh, Jamie O'Hara and Others, Kundi, uh, tweet stuff for reactions. Because <laughs> I, I obviously, being a Leeds fan, uh, there's a lot of engagement on Twitter whenever they tweet anything about Leeds. Um, and earlier in the season, when his under 15s got beat by Arsenal and Man City, they jumped all over it and were absolutely raking his manager all over the calls uh, as if he had anything, his hands were completely tied in them two games. Uh, but the the coverage on talks but whereas well, if we had a fully strength fit and available team out and we should have been competing with Man City and Arsenal. Uh, and I think it's it, like you say it's just click, 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 click. That's all it's for. It's 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 like sort of reactionary stuff that the tweet. And I, I'm pretty sure somebody's actually telling them what to tweet behind because Gabriel Monlaw to me it doesn't seem like the type of guy that's intelligent enough to press those buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it so, uh, felt a
2: bit personal
1: towards the region and the people in the region, and, he, and he's got a stupid-shaped head as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what, I was, what I was about, says, so talks about the tendency to get... It's all well and good that you want to hear from the the biggest and best footballers, which, by the way, I've I've been the Holes a long way away from being. But my biggest issue has always been that they get people onward who don't have a personality. So it's all well and good. If you manage to scoop, I don't know, Messi, yeah, great. You're, if Messi can't hold a proper sentence, you're still going to get him on because he's Messi. Why do you get someone like Agban Lahore on? He just, he just mumbles. And that's my biggest uh-huh. issue, that you get you get these footballers on that have zero personality. They can't actually... They, they, a radio job is the least appropriate thing for them, that they can't speak. And yet they go, right, well, let's just get him on. as like, whose opinion do I want on the Champions League final? Jamie O'Hara, whose missus was more <laughs> famous
0: than him, and Gabby Agbonlahor, who can't speak. Yeah, and I think uh, I think they're scraping the barrel talk spot for the people who are willing to say the daftest stuff. I think that's why you get that that standard of pundit on there, because they're just they're just looking for people who are willing to say daft things. Is that or just Alan Brazil just
2: gets so blind drunk every morning that they just let him go and do his thing? <laughs> But half the time you might get Ali on to sort of balance it out, because I think Ali I mean, at the moment that. is trying to save
0: football worldwide. Yeah, I think I mean I've I've got small soft for Celtic, and even I think Ali McCoyston's brilliant on TV. Oh, he's fantastic.
2: It's, it's it's the retro commentary days. It's as much as Andy Gray's awful and Richard Keys is awful. it's when I hear them on football commentary, it's like. It's just now we, we could get into commentating. we'll save that for another time because I'm sure Greg and Adam will probably want their opinion on uh, modern day football commentators. Uh, Neil,
0: finish us off with a non Titans. What have you got for us? Um, it's not nothing earth shattering, in fact. I've actually just thought of it while we were talking, to be honest. But um, I took my lad to watch Spider Man on Saturday, uh, went into Barnsley, uh, parked up, um. First three hours parking were free, and I'm thinking, well, it's like two and a half hour film, probably nip and get some snacks, maybe it for a coffee, so I'm going to need to put, like, maybe 50 pence on just to make sure we don't get a ticket. Anyway, out of five machines in that car park, only one of them took card in this day and age. Like, I never, ever, ever have cash on me. What is that all about? Like, why? I just thought, like, a standard... In this day and age, especially in COVID day and age, that, especially in a car park as well, that every single machine you'd just be able to chip and pin it. And it I, I, it's like yeah, I, I don't have change. I don't know the last time yeah, I had I never cha- change. other
2: than even our football now. That's on a Wednesday, usually change. Now we all do it online just because we've
0: all, even we've caught up. Yeah, it's royally frustrating when you are like walking from one machine to another. And every single one of them ain't got a card payment. You're thinking, so I'll just chance three hours. And then you're thinking, No, because I'll regret it if I go over for three hours. And then like, <laughs> you actually find the machine that you don't need cash for, and you've got to download some dodgy Q park app and put your reg in and stuff like that. <laughs> Jeez, just yep. get a chip and pin on every machine, guys. Yeah, that that's what welcome is to Manchester. That's is <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm concerned, the only place where you should have to pay cash is if you're going to your local chippy. Your local chippy yeah. you're allowed to pay cash still and that's about it. Other than that, <laughs> and that and the thing is they've gotta make you've gotta to go to a cash machine and get cash out
0: just for that special trip to the chippy. That's why it's worth it. Everywhere else should be although now. Now I've said it out loud. i am now the guy that were willing to put a 50p parking ticket on his card. So whether <laughs> that's good or bad. <laughs>
3: if you come into the sticks i mean you're you're going to be in some serious trouble because we don't even have an app or anything that can do it i mean you've always got to have change the amount of like where i works right on a car park and all i get is people saying oh if i buy this can i get some change as well yeah no worries mate no problem yeah we we don't have to pay
0: on At least sale.
2: that's a decent thing. There are so many people that you can imagine would walk in and just say, can you change this five or four me? and they won't buy anything? You should say that like, there's a minimum amount, like minimum two drink and meal order, and then we'll give you decent change. <laughs> we get
1: that all the time.
2: Give you oh, three, no, oh, I can three, imagine. Means... <laughs> well, there you go. non times related. Obviously, we, we, we're sticking to, to form and it's all... So last minute and the sort of stuff that you people want to hear about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we will be back next week. Uh, we will be back as victors. Um, we're hopefully going to get some content from Greg over the weekend while he's over there. Once again, if you see him oh yes, you make sure you give him a shout. And if you want to give us a tweet, um, I think at some point, or we might still be on Instagram. We'll try and get some more content on there. We'll, we'll, we'll set up Harry's only fans soon. And, uh, We'll get as much content out there as for years as we can. Um, so everyone enjoy Saturday. Try not to be too nervous. Have a have a beer or two beforehand. I'm not sure we'll all get through it together and uh, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.